Business as Unusual is a thought-provoking podcast that explores the innovative strategies, disruptive ideas, and unconventional practices driving successful leaders and companies in the ever-evolving world of modern business. Subscribe, comment, and share for weekly inspiration with our host, Aisila. Hi, welcome to Business as Unusual. This is Aisla, and I am here welcoming Taryn Davis of TBD Strategies to the show today. Welcome, Taryn. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. I am super excited that you are here today. And before we dive into your business, which I think I just was talking to Taryn before we started, and I love that name. What is the last thing that you did for fun? Oh my gosh. Well, my brother and his wife and my new niece were just visiting this weekend and I played with her and she's one years old and she just turned one year old and it was hilarious it's very funny she discovered the cat and also discovered the stairs and like good thing they're made out of cartilage right so will you tell people a little bit about what TBD strategies is yes so TBD strategies is a consulting firm and it specializes in internal infrastructure development and process improvement for small business specifically. It's really geared towards making work workable for people and doing more with less building efficiency into how we do things so that we can do more fun things and less things that are not fun. I love it. And it sounds like a very useful I like practical things and it feels very practical. And then also you get to have more fun when you're done. Yes. I think that honestly, we have to be very intentional about looking for fun in life because there's so many heavy, difficult things. And if you're not going out of your way to find fun and have fun, you won't have fun. (laughs) I like to think about it in terms of, okay, here's the work that we have to do and we need to do it well and want to do it well. But how do we incorporate fun into everything that we're doing? Um, to make mm-hmm. it able and fulfilling and fun and full. That makes sense. I think that's super wise. So what does success look like to you? Success is about helping people. So I work primarily with entrepreneurs, founders of small business. Success for me looks like helping them lighten the load that they're carrying. If I've helped someone lighten that load so that they can enjoy their business again or more. That's what I'm after. And what I mean by that is often people, when they start a business, most people who start businesses are not MBAs. They don't know the ins and outs of business. They have a skill and they're an Uh expert and they know how to do something with that skill. They know how to share that expertise. They don't know anything about running a business or managing a business or scaling a business. And while they are all by and large, brilliant people, they have a big gap in that skill set. So the business becomes very heavy very quickly. And my goal and what makes it fulfilling and and what is successful about it is when instead of that business becoming this really, really heavy burden that we have to just keep hauling around, we're able to lighten that load so that the people who started the business can do what they intended to do with it. So often it's having more time being able to start new businesses, start new projects, and just not feel so weighed down by what becomes heavy about business at some point in its life. 
Yeah, I I really feel that I do a parallel kind of work with people, and I I have that strong feeling that it's so lovely when your life and your business can feel more like a an interaction than a sure. compartmentalization. And but part of that is learning how to have that balance and sort of that interplay and be intentional, like you said. Have you read Rhyme of the Ancient Mar- Mariner by Coleridge by any chance? Uh-huh. So you know, and if I will just recap this for the audience, the that is an epic poem about this captain captain of a, of a ship who they start on their journey and then they see an albatross flying and they shoot it down. And an albatross at that time was a sign of good luck. So they shoot it down and then the entire epic poem is just disaster out of after disaster. And the end of it, as you'll recall, He's he's the only one left alive and he's standing on this tiny like spit of land, just sun scorched and miserable. And he's got the dead albatross around his neck. And that's the kind of image I get of business owners and founders who have they've got this business that's supposed to be a blessing. But instead, it's just this dead weight around their neck. And that's that's what I want to change. I want them to be able to engage with their businesses and their free full fun way without it becoming this like oh this thing I have to just keep hauling around I love that and that sort of answers my next question that what success looks like to you or do you have more to add to that oh no yeah that's that's so how does if you achieve that success if your vision is realized and we have more business owners who feel that sense of fulfillment and ease how does that impact the industry people in general any you pick a focus. You don't, you don't have to be changing the world here, but just like, <laughs> what do you see as the result of that shift or that effort or that success? Um, I think primarily I see business owners and founders who are able to use the skill sets of continuous improvement, some change management skills. They're able to run their businesses better, which means that everyone in the business is impacted. When you have a founder who is excelling at what they're doing and their businesses run well, the people working in the business are much happier, freer, more empowered to do what they do best. The team as a whole functions better. It's it's not heavy for anyone. It's not toxic. The culture is free and light. People have new ideas. They are able to think creatively. They're able to think critically about problem solving. Um, addressing this at the ground level means that everyone is able to have a more functional experience at work. So. I would say that whatever the industry is, because my work is not industry specific, the skill sets are are cross-functional, whatever the businesses that we are working on, when we're dealing with these foundational pieces and we have them in place and then everyone is empowered to think properly and well about the business, everyone's lives are improved. I don't know if I've completely answered your question with that. What I heard in that is that if if you succeed when you succeed, why would I say if, obviously, and folks are in that more sustainable engagement with their business, then things are going to be better for their employees and it's going to have this ripple effect in well, terms of folks having that sense of satisfaction and ease. Well, Does that sound close or do you, did I... Yes. And then the one thing I would tack onto that, a lot of my work is kind of redefining the idea of the customer and and maybe not redefining, but refocusing the idea of the customer in terms of internal customers and external customers. 
And internal customers are working within the business. They're customers of the business just in a different way from the external customer who is buying the service or product and really asking in service of what, why are we doing this? Who does it serve? Which customer is it attuned to? And is that customer being served well? And I find that when we do this and we're serving internal and external customers, the internal customers who are serving the external customers are able to do that more effectively. They're able to do it in a way that is life-giving to them and the business as well as the external customers. So the focus stops being or in, um, you know, money for the sake of money or whatever for the sake of whatever, but becomes really about this, which may seem super altruistic, but I find that when we are really seeking to serve a customer, we approach the work a lot differently. Mm-hmm. Right. It will become more... Yeah, I, I can see that. That sounds like a really powerful, I won't even try to add on to it because I don't think I need to. And it's a really powerful way to reintegrate uh, the human aspect of things. And I, f- I feel like that does also answer it, a part of this next question, which is, as as I call this you know, business as unusual, is that primarily what you see as unusual? Or do you have other things that you think make what you're doing sort of an unusual approach or outcome? That's part of it. And then the other piece is I'm really looking to teach people to think differently about their businesses. Um, um, For example, like one of the things I often work with clients on is extricating themselves from the business. So um, often entrepreneurs feel like they are one with their business and they can do that for a little while, but you can't scale that way. It's not sustainable to live that way. So in order to separate yourself from the business, you have to know who you are and you have to know who your business is and how they're different. And that's what really allows people to have a much more fulfilling experience in entrepreneurship is when they're able to see themselves outside of the business, have boundaries with it, and still be able to run the business and support the business. So there's that piece of it. And then really engaging with critical thinking about how how are we... What are we trying to do with this business? What is it trying to accomplish? Who does it exist to serve? Dealing with all of those different aspects of thinking with the business. The focus on thinking, I find we really have moved away from in society at large. We don't really spend time doing the thought work around things that allows us to succeed in what we're actually trying to accomplish. So instead of being proactive, we end up being very reactive. Mm -hmm. How do people receive that? Um, the, the focus on thinking. Yeah, that, the, the shift from reactive to proactive. What's your experience with that? Generally, and so another way we talk about this in continuous improvement is going from firefighting to fire prevention. And generally, when we're in a firefighting culture, we're very stressed out all the time. And it's really kind of a martyr culture. And somebody's always got to be on the pike. Right. So it's usually a relief for people when we're able to make headway from moving away from firefighting to be fire preventing, being proactive, taking a step back from the reactivity to say, okay, what is it that we understand about the system and how it works? What needs to change in order for it to be more functional, to work better, to be smoother, to actually answer the questions that we know we're going to receive? Um, it tends to be a relief. They have 
like I, I was doing an RCA training, which is root cause analysis training with the client. We were working with several of their team members. And at the end of the training, I asked for kind of big takeaways that they'd had. And one woman was like, I've cut down on emails by like 20%. And then she walked through how she'd used the thinking, the critical thinking that we took in RCA and applied that to just how she was approaching emails and how her focus on who is the customer that I'm serving? Who is this customer? What's the information they need up front? Have I given them all of the information that they need from where they're sitting? That one approach, just thinking about it that way, looking at serving that customer, cut down on a huge email back and forth that was constantly happening with a lot of different internal customers. We're not even talking about external customers, just within that system. And so as she was sharing that, the whole group was like, wow, that's amazing. Because she was like, I basically got 20 minutes back in my day, which maybe doesn't sound like a lot, but when it's very chaotic, 20 minutes means a lot. I mean, that's a lot of time to have recouped just from emailing. So getting that time back and then feeling like they have more time for creative thinking. A lot of my clients are creative. So doing like branding or art and then bringing in some of these process and systems improvements that allows for them to have more time, which means more ability to be creative and doing what they want to be doing in the first place. Mm-hmm. That Thank you. I appreciate that answer. That I think that's a really great way to talk about an important approach to being engaged in your business more effectively. Well, so yeah. what... What in your life or set the stage for, for you to see this as a path or a need or a way to do things? And I I want to also encourage you, like, if it, I've had folks talk about, you know, oh, I, I went through this thing and it's like, yeah, I hear that. And I want to hear that, too. But lots of people have gone through things. Uh-huh. And yet not everybody comes out of it with a commitment to taking an action or changing things or disrupting it, you know, a way that things work. And so what is it that took whatever your experience was and, and like I said, I'm not trying to discourage you from sharing that, but also to like share that other piece that I think, you know, what, what the spark for, for action or change was for you. Yes. And I so appreciate that caveat because you're right. Just because you go through a thing doesn't give you motivation to then go do something about it. So I think that's a great point. For me, I grew up around small business. My parents are entrepreneurs. um, And I knew at some point I would start a business. I didn't think I would be doing it by myself. Um, But I got my bachelor's in linguistics and English and English literature, which does not sound applicable. (laughs) And then I got my master's in library information science. And what those degrees gave me was an understanding about how language works and how everything in our lives is centered on language and communication. And if we're speaking different language, we can't communicate. And then my master's helped me to understand how humans interact with systems and specifically knowledge systems. I wasn't trying to be a librarian, but I was really interested in how we work with systems to do things and then to share knowledge. So if you look at a business, it all a business is, essentially, is we have knowledge that we're trying to share. 
whether that's emails or um, product development or whatever it is we're doing. And then we have to be able to communicate about it. So it's it's just if we break it down into its most basic parts, it's those things. So obviously, as I was doing those that academic coursework, I had no idea that I was going to end up doing this, what I'm doing now. And I actually didn't do it for a while after I did my master's. I actually couldn't get a job in that field, which I was trying to do competitive intelligence. So which sounds really intense, but it's it's just kind of helping businesses understand their competition and using knowledge management to do so. I couldn't get a job doing that. So I ended up taking a job at a food startup in Colorado called Hope Hummus. And I worked there for five years in all kinds of different areas of the business as it grew. So I got to see production. I worked in production for a while. I worked in logistics. I worked in, on the shipping dock. I made orders. I, I stacked orders. I worked with drivers. I worked on the sales team. I worked with the marketing team. I worked in all of these different places in that business. And as I was doing it, I was like, wow, um, there's so many intense things happening. And food, the food industry, so CPG, consumer packaged goods, is one of the most intense industries. And then if you add refrigerated on top of it, it's even more intense just because everything has to be done in a very specific way. There's a lot of food safety guidelines um, and it, it's serious. Like if you don't follow them, people get sick. So you, there's really no right. um, compromise there. Like you have to do it properly. It has to be done well. So during all of that, I was exposed to continuous improvement and change management. And that was where the linchpin kind of came together for me with all of these different things. My background in small business, all of my education. And I was like, wow, there's there's big consultancies that serve big companies with continuous improvement and these ideas and skills and concepts. But guess who doesn't have access to this? Small business. And I saw how all of the small businesses I'd worked with up until that point I'd worked in, how if they had had access to these skills and concepts, it would have radically changed how the business was run. It would have radically changed the experience of the founder. It would have made everybody a lot less stressed out. So I was like, there's something to that. And I think the reason it became something that I had to go do something about was I was just watching like in like everyone struggle needlessly. And I just was like, mm-hmm. where at the time I was working 80 hour weeks and I was like, this is insane. Like, this is insane. Why are we doing this? No one's dying. Like, it's not actually life and death. It's just hummus. You know, we're following all the food regulations, whatever. But I want to hummus. <laughs> I wanted to see people be able to enjoy the work that they were doing and then find the opportunities to make it better and do it better than they were able to do just because the weight of the reactivity was so heavy for everybody from the CEO to the people on the line. Everyone was stressed out. And I saw Mm. that in every small business I'd been part of up until that point. So I was like, okay, well, I don't really feel qualified to go do this right now. So maybe I'll go find a job working for somebody else and just learn some more. I could not find a job. It's like, okay, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to, I'm going to start helping people with this. And I figured that, well, I knew that I was not going to work with every small business. And that's when I really believe that every business exists for a specific reason to serve a specific customer. And I was like, okay, if I work with 1% of businesses, 
even just in this area, that's, that's an, like, that's the difference that helps people. It changes people's experience in their lives. And the thing is that as I've gotten to work with entrepreneurs and founders, it's amazing to watch their lives change as they get access to continuous improvement. These ideas that, and I mean, this is literally, and I'm just getting super excited because it's literally ideas that change the course of a life. And I, I know you're probably excited about that concept as well. When you give somebody an idea and they are able to put it into practice and see how their lives can be molded by that idea, moved by that idea, they can do something with it and make a change. It's just so inspiring. And then they want to go do more things, you know, it generates so much energy. And so I think to, to answer this succinctly, what I saw and, and kind of the, that, that spark was, I see how business run this way is very draining. It drains everybody. Everyone involved is drained. And people mm-hmm. too much to be drained all the time. And what if we could actually shift that so that instead of going to work and being drained, we're going to work and feeling energized. And it's not just because we drummed up a fire to go put out. It's because we're inspired by bringing our best to work that day. We're inspired by the people who are doing the same. And we're inspired by an environment that really strives to bring the best out of everyone in it. And continuous improvement helps us do that. It allows us to keep our eyes on the things that matter the most and work towards those things and then be able to make a difference in the lives of our internal and external customers. It's just such a huge ripple effect. And I couldn't, I couldn't not do something about it. Like when I started, I had no idea if it was successful um, or if I was going to be able to like get anybody to want to do the work with me, you know? But I'm so blessed and fortunate to have been able to work with the founders that I've worked with and the teams that I've worked with and see the, see them, their experiences change. And then because their experiences have changed, the experiences of the people that they're working with are different. And then, and then this is the last thing I will say, we are then able to incorporate surprise and delight into our work and our daily experience. And that goes back around to like, fun and enjoyment and just the human experience and not just being weighed down and like waiting for the day to be over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't hurrah that enough. And yes, it is something I am also very passionate about and uh, have found. And maybe you can you can validate this. It's, it sounds like we do have like very similar places or types of work that we do. I feel like people are so relieved when oh, I help them to see that it's okay. Like they, they don't have to do this draining, awful, hard thing. They can still work and do business, but it doesn't have to feel like 85 pounds on their back every time they do something. And that sense of that relief that people have, gosh, that is so fulfilling. I agree 100%. It's, it's like, um, I don't, I don't train to climb mountains in this way, but I, I picture it often, you know, and if you're, if you're training your body for a really intense thing, you'll, you'll purposely haul around a lot of weight and then top, you take it off and you're like, oh my gosh, I feel so free. And I find that as humans, we often will just gather things to haul around that we don't realize we're carrying. And then when you point it out and you're like, hey, you actually don't need to be carrying that. They're like, oh, I don't you know, and it, it's life changing. And then they can go and they, 
And it's funny because then it's like they've been training without realizing it, but it's like you have to let that down at some point. Yeah. No, that is, I, I really appreciate that. I had the sweetest letter from a new client the other day and they said, is I've never worked with someone like you who I've had so many business consultants over the years who have said, you need to change who you are to fit the world. And I've never had someone who says, no, the way you are is just fine. Let's figure out how to make this work for you. Not like we're trying to change the world, but I mean, we are a little bit, but, but also (laughs) we're acknowledging that like, it's not about Oh, Kelly, Kelly Jett, I just, she was on a podcast at the end of the year. And what did she say? She said, I'm, I'm done teaching people how to cope with suboptimal circumstances. Sure. I, I'm teaching them how to change their circumstances. Sure. And I just like, yes, that's that's the group I want to be in is no, okay. no more using all of your energy so you can barely survive. Let's sure. let's split this script a little bit. Sure. Sure. So, yes. so love sure. that. Yeah. You touched on this a little, and but if you want to be a little bit more specific, like who you typically work with or who thrives with your service, yeah, you know, obviously, one of the things that I'm hopeful of is that people will find these different options through this podcast. So if somebody is looking or doesn't know that they're looking, what, what would you say to help them see that, oh, this might be an option for them? I typically work with small businesses. So, and that's anywhere typically from I've worked with some solopreneurs up to 70 people is where I kind of draw the line because past that point, it's a much bigger team and it just needs different techniques and different skills to work with groups that size. But so then, Mm -hmm. and really I work best where I find people have the best experience when they know that they need help and they, but they're not sure what they, they're not quite sure what it is that they need assistance with. They know that the business has grown to some degree, but it's it's going to continue growing and they don't have what they need in order to support that and scale in a way that's not going to just require it to bleed into the business. So there's generally some level of self-awareness where they're like, I'm exhausted. I'm tired of being exhausted. Everyone's bleeding into this thing and we can't keep doing it this way. So I'd say that's like the most visceral experience of people who I work with well. And then typically... They are thoughtful in the sense that they know that they started their business for a specific reason and they know that they want, it's important to kind of keep that insight. And they might not know exactly how to hold that anchor, but they're like, it's important that we don't just drift off into, you know, the the nebulous ether of just like working to work kind of. Um, They really want to figure out how to be anchored in the ways that are going to help them to scale the business well and then to run the business well. So the people I work well with, they have a a sense of integrity about what they're doing with their business and they want to steward it well. I think that's one of the big ideas that I work with a lot is what are we doing to steward this business? What are we doing to steward the opportunities that this business has? And how does that how does that look going forward? How do we continue to maintain that integrity and serve who it is that we exist to serve without losing sight of it? Mm-hmm. So if you if you recognize yourself in that, we're gonna we're, you have to hold on just a second, but you are gonna have information on how to get a hold of Taryn. So can you give a specific example of something 
that illustrates something interesting about what you do? Like you, you give them a broad brush, but is there any like you know, anecdotal stories that feel appropriate to share that kind of give a sense of that? Yeah. Um, so um, one of my clients is a small branding agency. And when I started working with them, they were like, we, there's just a lot of chaos and we can't keep doing the chaos. Like we, we just can't keep doing it this way. We're both, we're just, we're, everybody's exhausted, you know? And so what we ended up doing was starting with process mapping. So process mapping is the improvement skill that most people in business are familiar with. And it's very easy to do it badly because it's super simple, but we like to overcomplicate things. So we did process mapping on their their central process of their business. And then from there, we went and started working on the strategy of the business. And these are two things I work with a lot is strategy and process because they go hand in hand. And so with this particular work, what we found was that the once we got the process in hand and then the strategy clarified, they were able to move forward with the execution of the business and actually double their revenue and just increase the client base to such a degree that they were able to take on new clients and not be stressed about it. And what I love about this, and I didn't really do a good job fleshing it out the color of it, but the work that we did gave them a much better understanding of who their business is to the degree that where it started to bring them delight and joy again, which they hadn't experienced in years. You know, so mm. instead of it being horribly chaotic and difficult and a lot of annoying things, we were able to strip away a lot of that inefficiency so that they could enjoy the work, even with the process. And so this was, like I said, a branding agency. So we've got a lot of creatives in the mix there. And when you say process to creatives, they're like, I don't want to be boxed in. I need my freedom. I need to have creative room. But the issue is that without guidelines, we just have chaos. So guidelines allow for a lot of creativity that without without those guidelines, we it's just insanity all the time. So we learned a lot of great lessons about ourselves, the business, how the business operates. And then because of that, we were able to do things that they wouldn't have been able to do prior because they just didn't have the bandwidth. And so like they were able to take on some new projects and then do fun things like they wanted to send out client gift boxes for the holidays that year or whatever. And they were able to do that and put a lot of creative thought to it, which encapsulated the surprise and delight element, which is what makes the work fun. So I really loved it because we got to see a full progression of taking these elements, lifting the burden, and then because we had extra bandwidth, start doing fun things that like, well, if you can't do those fun things, then what's the point kind of, you know? So I don't know if that's a great story. Um, no, I love that. And thank you for sharing. It's it's always tricky because it can feel a little on the spot and you also don't want to put anybody that you work with on the spot. So I, 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 I appreciate that you were able to share that. And I love that the gift boxes, is, it is so fun to be able to share your abundance, whether it's your time or your resources in that way. Thank you. Yeah. Can you tell me about some advice that you've received or that you took as advice? that influences the way you approach your work? Yes. So when I was a senior in high school, which was a very long time ago, um, my mom 
um, they did this thing with the senior the senior class where you'd like put a baby picture in and you could like write a message to your senior or whatever and my mom um for me did attitude is everything and um she that that like those three words they like haunt me they resonate in my brain they don't haunt me but they are something that i always think about because it's true attitude is everything and for myself i have a very great propensity for joy and i value joy and i seek joy and i want to see other people experiencing joy and at the same time i can get very heavy and i am very i'm very perceptive of heaviness which i think is partly why doing this work is so so applicable because like i can see when there's heaviness and i can see where it is and then i can target it you know with people i'm working with but at the same time i have to keep that right at the front of my mind because often it's attitude that determines are you going to feel heavy or are you going to go after the joy like we're dealing with a really difficult sticky problem here but our attitude about how we're going to approach it is really what's going to determine how we are able to move forward with it. And I think that that really ties in with the critical thinking piece because if you're seeing an endemic, consistent problem that you just don't know how to approach and you're just like, this is never going to change, guess what? You're stuck in that rut and you're not going to get out of it because you've already committed yourself to the fact that it's never going to change. So mm-hmm. I find that, that that those three words were life-changing for me then and I really work to keep that in front of my mind all the time. Because it's so, so impactful. Yeah, that is really powerful. Thank you. So I I know that it's it's not always easy to forge your own path or to, you know, create new ways of working with people. So what do you do to keep yourself recharged or inspired to be able to come in with those generative ideas and tackle some of these things in a like you said, you have a large capacity for joy, but when that's not just bubbling up, what's what's your go-to method? I have a pretty robust creative practice, I would say. I feel like I, I'm kind of, I can walk the line between the creative side of my brain and the very logical side of my brain. And I don't mean that those are antithetical, but I like to be well-organized, but I also like to have a mess of creative things happening all at once. And so I find that it's really life-giving to me to spend time outside, notice what's happening outside. So going for walks or a run without any headphones or anything like that, noticing what's happening in the grass or there's some deer on the horizon or whatever, just noticing small things and really taking stock of small delights. I keep a list every day of small delights that I saw, and I really work to focus myself on those delights to kind of retain that sense of wonder, which then feeds into whatever creative things I'm doing. So I've got, I quilt and sew and play the harp and write. And sometimes I write bad poetry. I do work with paper and sometimes I make cards. Right now I'm working on this kind of weird installation with ribbon and keys, which I've just been really inspired by. So I find that allowing myself freedom in like the artistic space allows me to then come over into this other creative workspace and have ideas and insights that I need balance in and 
the other thing I do is my side hustle is hair sparkling. So I balance out my work with putting sparkles in people's hair. And that's just such a joy giver that it's inspiring for me to like give that to people there and then balance out what I'm doing over here in this kind of more esoteric frame of reference. I love all of that. Oh, thank you for sharing. That's fantastic. And now I want my hair sparkled, I'll be honest. I'm totally deviated now to that. (laughs) I'm like, I love sparkles. Well, so at any rate, for for folks that are listening, how do they learn more, follow you, get in touch, recommend you to someone? What's the best way to do that? Yeah. So you can find me on LinkedIn and I would love to connect there. I'm also www.tbd-strategies.com. My website is full of hopefully good ideas and I keep a blog. So just running things that I'm finding in my work with people that I'm like, let's throw this out there for other people to read about, digest. Every one of my blog posts has an action point that you can go put into practice in your business or just spend some time thinking about. I really think it's important to give people access points to just small moments of reflecting on what's happening in real life. You can take three or five minutes to do any of those and it will make a difference. And then I'm also launching a card deck that is a great way to access these business concepts that I work with clients on. Um, I like to call it consultant in a box, you know, for people who are like, I I need access points to my business, but I don't really want to work with somebody. <laughs> so I would love to hear from anybody or take questions or anything like that. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and appreciate that. And thanks for listening. Appreciate you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm not hanging up on you, though.